0: Welcome everybody. So tonight's topic is setting limits effectively. So a lot of people ask how to set limits with their kids and people who know me well know that I always push them off. And I first teach how to give children a solid foundation of feeling like they're important human beings because until they feel important, they're actually never going to be willing to accept limits. We did spend the last few weeks discussing how to give kids a rock solid self-esteem. And if you missed any of those lives and you'd like the podcasts, you're welcome to private message me and I can send you that. Okay, so setting limits is actually not at all a contradiction to building a child and making a child feel loved. It's actually quite the opposite. What we do is we set limits because we care about our children and we tell them that. We say things to them as they're growing up, like throughout your lives, throughout your childhood. I will be saying no to you a lot because I love you, because I care about you. Or if I need a child to take responsibility for something. So I would say to the child, because I care about you, I need you to take responsibility for this. And it pains me to watch you have to do this. But because I care so much about you, um, that, that's what we need to do here. So first, I'd like to um, to discuss how you're supposed to give instructions to your kids. So most people give an instruction either from the other side of the room. Or they give an instruction from close by, but they stand there waiting for the child not to listen. Like they'll say to the child, like, I need you to go get into the bath now. And then they'll stand in front of the child and that sends a message to the child. Like, I know that you're not going to listen. I expect you not to listen. So what we want to do instead is we want to get very close to the child. We want to give the instruction to the child, get in the bath, please. And then we want to walk away. We literally turn our backs and walk away. Why? Because that sends a message to a child that we expect you to listen. I know that you're perfectly capable of listening. So I'm walking away. Now, if the child didn't follow through, we very simply go back to the child where we were before, get close to the child again and say, oh, what happened? So we go over to the child and say, oh, Joey, mommy just told you to get into the bath. What happened? So usually the child will say something like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot or I got busy. Oh, okay. No problem. It happens to everybody sometimes. Just please get in the bath right now. And that actually is treating the child like you're an important, capable human being and you're capable of um, accepting authority. You're capable of following through with your word. You're capable of listening. You're capable of appreciating. You're capable of doing what's important to mommy. So if you actually want to be kind to your kids, what you want to do is you want to be expecting your child to accept your limit. Now, in general, I wanna just go over how to give instructions to kids. So, unless you're asking your kid for a favor, let me just pull out my notes here. We're not saying, oh, would you please? Would it be possible? You can use those words if you're actually really asking your child a favor. But if you expect your child to listen and follow through, just make sure not to use that wording. So do not say things like, are you going to get ready for bed? Do you want to help me find the clothes? Would you please set the table? And do say to your children things like, it's time to get ready for bed now. I need you to help me find the clothes. I need you to set the table now. All those things are said exactly how I described before. I mean, you go over to the child in close proximity. You give the instruction. You turn around. You walk away. And then again, if it didn't work, you say, what happened? Um, now what happens if you're finding that there are repeated infractions? Repeated infractions mean that, um, oftentimes when you ask your child to listen, the child is not responsive or you've asked the child many times to please, um, not use a certain word towards a sibling and the child repeatedly keeps on doing it, even though you told the child many times to stop. Okay. So I have a format for that. And if anybody's interested, I actually have um, a very easy cheat sheet that I can email to you so that it's in writing. The format goes like this. So when both you and your child are in a great mood, you have the I know you don't mean to conversation with your child. And it goes like this. I know you don't mean to be hurtful to your sister. When you say that to your sister, it makes her feel like, you know, you think you're more important than her. And I know that that's not at all what you think. Here's another way to have the I know you don't mean to conversation. I know you don't mean to when you tell mommy that you're going to do something and then, you know, you continue just doing your own thing, and it appears to me like you're not trying, it just makes me feel like you think that it's not important for you to listen to me. And I know you would never mean that. So the message that we're sending to the child is that there's accountability here. This is what you need to do. You need to keep your word because you're a man or a woman of your word. Um, And at the same time, I'm not judging you. I know you don't mean to. I know you're a caring person. I know you wouldn't want to be hurtful to me, to your siblings, to your friends. I know you wouldn't want to do that. Right after you have that, I know you don't mean to conversation, you move straight into getting a commitment from your child. So it's, I know you don't mean to be hurtful to your sister. When you say that, it comes across as you thinking, you know, that she's not important. Here's the getting a commitment part. Would you be able to try your very best to stop? Or would you be able to pay very close attention um, to not saying those words to your sister? Because I think it really, it makes her feel like she's not important. Now, I've never, ever heard a child say no to that. If you present it that way to a child, it comes across as, I know that you're capable of doing this. So I again, I've never heard a child say no to that. Um, the only time that a child would say no to something like that is if their entire relationship is suffering. If the child feels that in general, you're not understanding your child, that there's a disconnect between you and the child. That's why I said at the beginning that you need to make sure that your relationship is on very solid ground in order to be able to set limits. It's almost like you have to earn the right to set limits. Like your child has to feel in your relationship, like you believe in your child, you think they're great, you think they're wonderful, you don't find them, you know, a bother in any way, you expect them to have struggles, and now I'm setting limits also because I care about you. So what you're doing is you're having the, I know, for repeated fractions and reviewing, you're having the, I know you don't mean to a conversation then you're getting a commitment and then when the child forgets again you're going to say what happened right so you ask the child if the child could be kinder to the sibling not use those words the next day you notice the child using that same exact word towards the sister so you go over to the child without any judgment at all right you're not raising your eyebrows you're not wondering you you say to the child oh joey yesterday you told me that you were going to be very careful not to use that word what happened so the child says something like oh i forgot Oh, okay, no problem. Everybody forgets sometimes. Please try your best to remember. Sure. So the message over there is, I don't think you're a bad person because you forgot. And at the same time, there is accountability. You gave me your word and you're perfectly capable of be- keeping your word. So please try and remember. Now, all of these things happen if a parent herself is enjoying a healthy self-esteem. If a parent feels like she's not valuable, then she's going to come across as screaming. I'll tell you why. Let's say a mother is, you know, has asked the child many times, please be very careful when you speak to your sister that way because it makes her feel like she's not important, right? So the child keeps overstepping and keeps speaking to the sister that way. Now, if I don't feel rock solid about myself, then I might be wondering if the child is doing that because I don't deserve to be heard. Or because I'm not valuable or because I'm not a good enough mother. So I need to feel and I need to know my worth in order to be able to give over any healthy messages to a child. So if you're in a situation where you feel like you know what to do, you've learned parenting strategies, you tried them, but you're just coming across as not emotionally solid, what you need to do is you need to figure out where that came from. I'm actually offering... Um, A course that I've given several times already. It's called Emotional Detox. It's based on the principles of innate health. And what it does is exactly detox. Nobody came into this world with any opinions. When you were a one year old or a two year old, you didn't have any opinions about yourself or opinions about the world. As a six month old baby, you didn't think, like, oh, that other six month old baby must be more valuable than I am. But as adults now, when we see other parents behaving in certain ways, so we might start to think, oh, maybe that parent is doing a better job, so maybe I'm not valuable. But if I would let go of that toxic opinion that if somebody's performing better than me, it takes away from my value, then I would be able to say, one second, one second here. What are the truths I came into this world with? It's that every human being has tremendous value. Everybody makes mistakes. I knew I was a valuable baby. I expected that when I fell to get back up again. I knew that it's okay to fall when I try to walk. I just naturally, inherently get up again because that's what babies do because babies come into this world resilient and happy and joyous and secure and then as we went through life we had certain experiences that took us away from our own natural innate states of well-being resilience joy and confidence so in the emotional detox course we actually go back to that and we're able to find the toxic thoughts that were still living us that are stopping us from setting these limits with kids in a loving way and doing these things that we can do. Um, Back into what we were saying before, what happens if you already tried the repeated infractions conversation and you find that when you keep saying what happened to your child, like after three or four days, you're not seeing any progress. So the answer to that is you want to have the let's think together conversation with your child. So you go to your child and you say, let's think together. You're the type of kid that really cares about other people, right? You said that you want to commit to being more careful about how you speak to your sister, listening to mommy, not jumping on the couch, whatever it is that we discussed, right? And I see that it's hard for you. Let's think together what we can do to make it easier. Now, if the child comes up with something, that's great. But if the child doesn't come up with something, then When you feel emotionally calm, you'll be able to say to your child, would you like to take responsibility for this by having to blank in the event that you forget, by having to sit in your room for a few minutes, by having to write an apology letter, would you like to take responsibility that way? And what that does is that moves the child towards responsibility. And then after you had that conversation, make sure to follow through. Because both you and your child are very, very capable of following through. Now, if you're anything like me, you've picked up a lot of toxic thoughts throughout your life. I've picked up thoughts like, I'm not good enough. Um, the world is not safe. There are certain challenges in my life that I can't manage. All that is made up. I did not come into this world thinking any of that. I was surrounded either by the people around me. It could have been family members, community members, friends, media, whatever it was who made comments or acted in ways that made me think that. I used to think that if something was hard, I couldn't do it. Now, I get excited about challenges. Challenges are fun. I actually teach my kids, we roll up our sleeves and we get excited about being givers and doers. Happy people are people that know how to be givers and doers. So if you find that you are still suffering from toxic thoughts, as most of us are, I highly recommend that you register for my Emotional Detox. It is the fastest, fastest route to emotional well-being out there, faster than any therapy out there. Um, I have a class running Tuesday mornings. I have a class running Monday evenings. You can private message me if you're interested. And I'm opening the floor to questions now.